Welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this is a weekly show that explores the intersection of security, technology, and humans. I spend 5 to 20 hours a week consuming books, articles, and podcasts, which I then turn into a concise 15 to 30 minute summary and analysis. There's a summary episode every week, as well as periodic standalone episodes that are either me sharing an idea on a topic or discussing one with a guest. The goal is twofold, to keep you up to date on the absolute latest in security and technology, and to explore ideas that hopefully give you something to think about. All right, welcome to this week's edition of Unsupervised Learning. This is episode 206, 206. Starting off with security news. BMW evidently found a Vietnamese APT group called APT32 or Cobalt Kitty on their network looking for trade secrets. That's what they think they were doing. And they discovered them through a malicious install of Cobalt Strike, hence the name Cobalt Kitty. Evidently, Cobalt is part of their uh, TTPs. They also supposedly went after Hyundai, and uh, evidently they've been going after a whole bunch of different car manufacturers. It's kind of their MO. Got here a list of steps defensive contractors should be taking to prepare for the Pentagon's vendor cybersecurity program, which is coming out soon. It's uh, pretty good advice. It's uh, basic stuff like know your stuff, get it, get it prepared, prepare an audit, that kind of stuff. China's sending a million embedded spies to Uyghur Muslim homes to influence their culture and in many cases to try to breed them out of existence, like actually paying people to get married to Han Chinese, which will mess with the Uyghur bloodline. They're also encouraging them, you know, not to pray, not to be Muslim. They're uh it's it's a really, really directly like gross campaign to stamp out a population and a culture. China has ordered all government offices to remove foreign computer equipment within three years, which is likely to affect companies like HP, Dell, and Microsoft quite a bit because, you know, that's who's currently supplying them, and China is big. An analyst at HackerOne accidentally shared a session cookie, a admin session cookie, essentially, which was pasted via a curl command, which allowed a researcher to see people's private vulnerability results within the platform. That would really suck to be that that person, that analyst who accidentally did that. But uh, yeah, evidently, the person went and actually did access some stuff and made uh, made some noise about it. Fifty seven percent of Chinese residents say they were worried about their movements being tracked by the government. And the majority generally wanted more privacy. I was surprised to see this. This was um, a research group out of Beijing. I assume they did something to really protect their anonymity because if I were Chinese, I wouldn't be talking about how I wish I had more privacy, at least not on the record. I don't know. I, I would just be worried that someone was recording something about it and you know it would affect my social credit score. Another Russian billionaire living in the UK has died unexpectedly. This one was run over a car while walking his dog in a very small village. So, yeah. I don't know. I feel like if I was a Russian billionaire and I wanted to go hide and get away from danger in Russia, I wouldn't go to the UK because that's where they're just like, they're being picked off massively. Whether it's poison or like random car crashes. 
doesn't seem safe to be in the UK. Seems like the chosen hunting ground is what I'm saying. Um, and actually, I believe the UK is diplomatically going after Russia. They're like, hey, I see you keep killing people in our country. Can you stop? Uh, people in China are now required to get their faces scanned to get a mobile phone. So basically, in order to have a SIM, you have your face associated with the SIM card. Um, I just noticed I got a lot of China stories. I feel like a big part of this show is tracking tech and its impact with society. So that right there explains why there's a lot of China. They are the epitome of tech crashing with society because they're trying to actually build a dystopia. And they're doing it in front of us. And it's like labeled dystopia. Like it's so obvious. They're not even like trying to conceal things. Someone did a privacy analysis on the TikTok app and found multiple issues, basically sending data to backend systems. I mean, when I was doing mobile app testing, this is pretty much the number one issue. Uh, back then, they weren't using a lot of encryption. So there was unencrypted stuff. But it was also like the company that would hire us to do the work would not realize that they had like whatever. 15 different backend connections. And it's become de because developers would basically, you know, incorporate all these different SDKs to get all these features, not realizing that those were, you know, oftentimes involved callbacks to all these different backend locations. And oftentimes they didn't know who those backend people were. And that was the issue. CDC says this is the fastest flu season they've seen in 15 years. Over 900 people have already died. And they estimate around 1.7 million people have already been infected. And last year, last flu season, 61,000 people died from the flu. So my advice is to get the shot. I've got a little piece about why it sometimes does make people sick, but it does not give people the flu. Um, you should check that piece out. But um, yeah, you should, you should get a shot. The flu is no joke. The U.S. has a low collateral version of the Hellfire missile that it's starting to use to minimize, you know, impact to areas around, especially if there's, you know, people around who they don't want to hurt. Um, and it actually uses something like sword blades instead of explosives. So it penetrates through whatever. And then I guess it just throws a bunch of metal around. And uh, obviously the people inside get injured or die. So that's, that's the game there. And uh, on the outside, not much happens. So it's, um, I guess, more accurate. And they're evidently used it recently to take some people out in Turkey and some other locations. Advisories this week, OpenBSD has a big auth bypass, actually a couple of different volumes, which is big news when I was, uh, you know, coming up in the space in uh, late 90s, early 2000s. Um, OpenBSD has always been the standard. They used to say, oh, never had a remote compromise, only had one remote compromise ever. So they would literally talk about their history of having no volms. So this is a pretty big deal for them to have an auth bypass like this. Atlassian private key um, revealed basically, it was actually Swift, uh, Swift on security, who revealed this. And uh, I think she feels pretty bad about it. But <clears throat> yeah, it is what it is. Numerous AV products have some issues. Uh, a lot of the top names there. You should check that out if you run AV and need to keep it up to date. And ABB has an issue with their substation protection devices. Evidently, it's possible to get into them, bypass them, and otherwise make them not useful. 
Technology news. AWS has launched SageMaker Studio, which is their attempt at a one-stop shop solution for doing data science. They're trying to integrate basically notebooks with like data management and handling and, um, you know, cleansing and preparation, which is like 90% of data science and, uh, and the infrastructure itself, right? So within the notebook, you say, okay, I want to go do this. And it just like spins up the instances for you. I think that's fantastic. I'm really looking for a platform like this that removes like the warts and skeletons from doing ML, which is essentially Python dependency drama. Like I've, I've done a little bit of study and, and some tinkering and stuff. I, I want to get heavier and heavier into it, but I'm actually kind of paused right now because I'm waiting for a, a platform like this. So hopefully this will be it or whatever comes out next with TensorFlow or, or whatever. But I'm, I'm actually hoping that's going to be uh, AWS based because I'm really liking their platforms. And um, yeah, Python dependencies, it's really gross. You basically string together a whole bunch of functionality, which is all cool functionality, but based on the version of Python, based on the environment you're running, um, yeah, is it virtual env? Is it, um, is it the native one that's on your system? And every library that you're using is also rotting in real time. So it's like, if you look at a tutorial and it's from like 2017, like, forget about it. It's not going to work. <laughs> it's most likely that some of the libraries that are used there are just too ancient and broken. So you'll either have to hack around or just find something else. So uh, I'm definitely going to be trying to do a basic project, uh, one of the projects that I've been wanting to do for a while on the platform, on the SageMaker platform. It's also got a whole bunch of tutorials and um, samples and stuff like that. There's a GitHub full of samples. So if anyone wants to play, uh, let me know. There's a city in Toronto built by a Google company called Sidewalk Labs. And basically they, they're capturing tons of data. They have data kind of on everything, like everything's listed in like an asset register. Um, you know, obviously free Wi-Fi publicly, but it's like a, a managed tech city, which I'm intrigued and frightened by at the same time. Someone did a brilliant voice deepfake of Joe Rogan using a project called Real Talk. And uh, as someone who's listened to a lot of his uh, audio, <clears throat> it sounds really good. Like, I definitely would not be able to tell the difference. And luckily, they just made him say normal things that he's likely to say, like pigs fighting each other in MMA or whatever. Or I think it was like pig hockey. I don't know what it was. But he also talked about some, you know, I'm becoming a robot. It's good that I'm a robot or whatever. But it was all like in good fun. Nothing that, you know, he would actually be worried about people thinking he said. But uh, it was really good voice audio. Now, I wonder how much it required someone to be trained with hundreds of hours of his voice because he probably has the most voice out there other than like NPR people or whatever or like famous newscasters because he's got just hours and hours of super high quality audio of him because his podcast is been going on for so long but uh yeah if you could do this with smaller samples of audio which i might mess with it there's another one called liarbird which is really really good as well um because I, I would like to be able to type text and have that said in my voice even though it does present problems the real question is how much of a problem is this going to be for the 2020 elections and um, actually i actually have another story here about security i believe where basically um there are actually companies that are getting 
compromised by voice deepfakes. Now, it's not required that this happens because you already have people calling and saying, hey, I'm the CEO or whatever. If you call someone, you know, two, three levels down, they're not going to know what the CEO sounds like anyway. So they can emulate them just by doing, you know, good, uh, you know, a voice impression and applying pressure for like social engineering. But if you call someone and they actually know what the CEO sounds like, and maybe you've heard them talk in a talk somewhere, and you can actually use uh, words or phrases that they are likely to have used. You put that in a voice deep fake and say, hey, you should transfer this money. I'm traveling. I'm in Budapest. And, you know, I, I can't do this myself. You need to do it. You only have like 11 minutes. Otherwise, the deal is going to fall through. Combine all that. And it's actually in the voice of the CEO. I mean, that is powerful. And evidently, it's already working. A number of companies are being compromised by this. Wi-Fi 6 has hit 700 megabits in a real-world download test. And Google Fiber has dropped its 100 megabit tier in favor of just pushing its gigabit-only offering, which I'm happy to hear. What could you even do with 100 megabits anyway? Human news. The American workforce is dying much faster than usual due to a combination of drug abuse, health problems, and suicide. A new study has shown that inflammation reduction drugs can significantly restore brain function of people suffering from dementia. Hope this stuff gets to market quickly. Despite spending billions of dollars on reading and math literacy, test scores have been flat since 2000, and the gap between good and bad performers is widening. It's really frustrating when you see, you know, well-educated people, basically rich people, getting smarter and smarter, and you see the poor people not getting better or actually getting worse, and you're spending billions of dollars to solve that problem, and you realize, okay, maybe that's not the solution. Ideas, trends, and analysis, the wonder of entropy. This is something I wrote this weekend. It's a very short little thing about math and entropy and information theory. You should check it out if, if you like information or entropy. Why you shouldn't confuse China and the Soviet Union. This is a cool piece I just read. And updates. Uh, my Tesla is getting here soon, and I'm quite excited about that. And if you do get one, please use my code, which is available in the show notes. Um, and also, while watching some Tesla videos, I found this uh, super rich guy wearing some unique sunglasses. It had like this weird look about them. It's like a matte finish on the on the outside surface. And I was like, what are those? Because I've had Maui gems ever since Revo got bought, and they were no longer the best. I then transitioned to Maui Gems, and I've been searching for the best sunglass, even better than Maui Gem, for a very long time. And uh, I have another friend, Sasha, who's also been doing this. We've just been on this eternal search. So I saw these in this video. I did some research and found out who it was, found out that they use this one brand. And now I've got a couple pairs, and they're quite, quite good. Um, he should be getting his soon, so we'll see what he thinks but they're, they block a lot of light. They're very polarized, more polarized than other glasses. So it blocks a lot of light. It's really good for California, Texas, places with lots of sun. Uh, but they're extremely clear. This is the big thing is they're extremely clear. They're not only blocking glare from the front, 
but their anti-reflective coating is the best that I've ever seen. And actually, you could have worse optics and better anti-reflective coating, and it'll still be clearer. So if you have good optics and great anti-reflective coating, that's just the best combination, and that's what these appear to have. And I upgraded to the Pro Plus version of Feedly, which I'm now using exclusively for news gathering. I basically discarded all my regular Reddit and other exploratory type reading because I think it's just a giant diversion. Like I would just click through stories and waste two or three hours. I mean, it wasn't truly wasting because I was looking for stories for the show, but it's better if I can go and get those RSS feeds, put them in the Feedly, and then only use Feedly for inputs because I, as good as Reddit can be, it's actually kind of just like a dopamine illusion. And my time is better spent creating content or actually reading books. So I made that transition. The Feedly Pro Plus version basically has a, a few other options. Its big thing is, though, it has this uh, thing called Leo, which is a artificial intelligence um, engine that trains, trains it what to show you in like preferred viewing based on something you give it. So you could give it, um, like I have a read later list, which when I swipe right on something uh, while reading on my phone, it'll go to the read later list. And it's actually looking at that list to determine what else to show me. So it's a bunch of ML trickery. The interface is slightly different because of that. But um, it's cool. It seems to be working fairly well. Discovery 52 Things Tom Whitwell Learned in 2019. It's actually a remarkably good, just little summary piece. It's just 52 little nuggets of information along with the links. Uh, you should definitely check it out. <clears throat> AI Dungeon 2 is a neural net powered dungeon text adventure, which I'm going to be playing soon. Sentinel 1 has a new free 12 week course on reverse engineering and threat intelligence called Zero to Hero. John von Neumann was probably the smartest person to ever live. <clears throat> and it's got a link here that shows you why. Bastion Shell Expansions, Lazy List Making. A fascinating collection of knowledge about various things. This is a GitHub repo. And it's got like wine, cars, cockroaches, um, whatever, finance, economies. Uh, it's it's an interesting collection, but I clicked on a few and it was actually really well put together. San Francisco has a serious problem with car burglaries. The real difference between CI and CD. URL knife, extract and decompose URLs and text. What's new in Kali 2019.4. And burp secret, secret finder. Find API keys and tokens in HTTP responses. Recommendations, keyback security retractable key holder. This is one that Swift on security recommended as one of her favorite purchases recently. And uh, second recommendation for the week, maybe don't buy your loved one's tech that records them. Unless one, you have some level of trust in the vendor and or two, the people you're buying for have some basic knowledge of how to do voice and video recording in a safe way. And the aphorism for the week, all cruelty springs from weakness. All cruelty springs from weakness. Seneca. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unsupervised Learning. I believe ads are not just annoying, but that their incentive structure is toxic to the content creation process. So if you enjoy the show, please consider supporting it directly 
for just $5 a month or $50 a year, which is two months for free. UL members get the newsletter each week instead of just twice a month. They get access to the archives. They get access to the UL Slack community, where we share ideas and links about the topics we discuss here in the podcast. They also get access to the UL Book Club, where we pick a book a month and talk about it live as a group. To become a member, just head over to danielmeesler.com slash subscribe. And thank you so much to everyone who's already a member. Each of you is helping support a model of content creation that we really need right now. And I appreciate you greatly. We'll see you next time.